0: mvp i'm holding kushner with four director of dfs tj hernandez the first esquire week four national football league welcome to episode 137 tj thank you for playing some beastie boys i appreciate it
1: yeah man i told you i take requests from co-hosts only uh, so you got your fight for your right from Beastie Boys' License to Ill* (1986). A lot of our listeners might not even have been born yet, uh, but if they saw the cover to this album, they might recognize it from a more recent album. Uh, Eminem basically did a uh, uh, homage to this uh, to this album with his *Kamikaze* album. Uh, you could find the intro song from here and from all of our dfs mvp podcasts on the dfs mvp spotify playlist go to spotify search dfs mvp Or just look for it on my Twitter. I tweet it out every week along with the podcast. Before we get started this week, I just want to let you guys know, Underdog Fantasy has real money, weekly snake drafts. You draft a new team every week, no lineup setting, no waivers, no trades. Look up Underdog Fantasy in your app store or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use a code 444 with your first deposit. That's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, with your first deposit
0: so that Underdog knows that we sent you over there. Very good. And after you do that, come back, listen. Here we go. Unpause. Week four plays is what we got going on today. It's our core plays from TJ that we get every single week. We're comparing tight salaries in our game theory segment, which is, again, this is what everybody loves. The game theory stuff. I love it, at least. um, And I think a lot of our listeners do, too. So we'll talk about tighter salaries versus looser salaries and some early season trends Under that umbrella. Uh, Right now, make sure you sign up for DFS MVP, 25% off. Get access to our Discord channel with the subscription too. And if you're not in Discord channels, uh, you'll learn that basically you just have open communication with the whole staff and you ask them questions and they answer them. It's amazing, TJ. I really it's do pretty, love it.
1: It's pretty fun, man. I mean, just the, the the dynamic environment compared to me just putting out podcasts and articles and not hearing anything back from uh, the users. I mean, we're in there Saturday night building lineups, talking shop. Uh, it got us on Aaron Jones uh, two weeks ago. It wasn't no secret that it was it, to be on uh, Russ or Lockett, but we decided as a group that the Russ Lockett DK double stack with Gallup over the other uh, Dallas receivers was the move. So, I mean, we'll end our hot streak, but for now the, the Discord hot streak's uh, pretty damn hot.
0: So I'll just get in now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's when we're going to come back next week. Damn. I don't know if you're hot. Ride the wave, man. For hey, sure. We got our rate and review t-shirt giveaway too. I need new swag. I got to get on this with uh, with more here. Leave a five-star review and you'll automatically be entered to win. This week's winner is... TJ, why don't you announce the winner?
1: Dylan Cassidy left us a real nice five-star review on iTunes. So, Dylan Cassidy, hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'll get you the details on how to get some fresh four for four swag that Holden doesn't even have yet. Mm -mm. Uh, And if you guys want to be entered into the contest, leave us a review after this pod.
0: Not cool, TJ. (laughs) Not cool at all. So we go through our core plays, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, a little defense thrown in there, too. As it's at a very important position so let's do this we'll get to the game theory we'll start at quarterback and if whatever josh allen tj just just go i mean we have to do it right and it's not i mean
1: he's doing it for us he's uh the second most efficient passer in the league behind Russell Wilson. Uh, He's accounted for the second most touchdowns in the league behind Russell Wilson. He is second in fantasy points across all positions behind Russell Wilson. The difference is you're getting Josh Allen at a little bit of a discount to Russell Wilson this week. Uh, I mean, and just outside of, of Allen and, and Wilson who have been dominating that our top tier of, of quarterbacks is insane. And that's why we, we talked about early in the year before Lamar had a, a little mini dip in production that we don't need to pay all the way up for quarterback, whether it be Lamar a couple of weeks ago or, or Russell Wilson now, uh, because we have six or seven quarterbacks, that, especially if they're in a good matchup, they have crazy Upside because of their passing ability because of their offense because of their rushing ability uh, Josh Allen is just slightly cheaper than some of the other elite guys this week 8600 on FanDuel uh, 7300 on DraftKings and They are the bills are in a potential shootout against the Raiders a 52 and a half point over under the bills are on the good side of it favored by three but three is still a, a really small point spread and and like I said this is a super unique week in that we have five teams uh across all slates projected for at least 30 points going back to 2013 we've never had three uh teams close with an implied point to- more than three teams close with an implied point total uh over 30 so like this week when you just look at it first my first glance for the week was like oh my god how are we going to project south sal- uh ownership how are we going to figure out who to play everybody's in a huge blow up spot but when you kind of step back let get back to the basics Where's the value at in terms of salary? Who's going to give you the highest floor? And where is game script going to benefit us? All of A lot of these teams that have huge um, uh, point totals this week, they can get game scripted out because they're really heavy favorites where Buffalo and Las Vegas, I almost said Oakland, sets up for a shootout. Uh, and the other quarterbacks, uh, like the Dak Prescotts, are really subject to touchdown variance because they have running backs that are just involved as as they are. Whereas Josh Allen is that goal line back um, for the Bills. If we look at fantasy points allowed to the position, um, you're not going to see that the, the you're going to see that the Raiders are actually more of a run funnel defense. So at first glance, you're going to say, "Oh, I don't know if I want to play a quarterback against the Raiders." Josh Allen has been going crazy these last couple weeks hasn't even been using his legs like he did in week one or like he did in in seasons past I think he gets back to that this week and why i'm not concerned about the raiders uh past defense or at least what we've seen for the first three weeks Uh, according to sports info solutions the raiders they've been stacking boxes at the lowest rate in the league if we go back to the beginning of 2019 josh allen against teams that don't stack the box or against non-stacked boxes 40 percent of team rushes on average averaging 6.8 yards per attempt so i see josh allen I think he's matchup proof at this point this bill's offense, I think they're just going to uh, be a super efficient offense throughout the year for the air. But I think Allen gets back to like that 60, 70 yards
0: on the ground that we are used to seeing. Let's move on to the next guy that people have been waiting to play for weeks now. Yep. And he's $7,800 on FanDuel. He's 6,600 on DraftKings. And before, and I'm sure some of our listeners, have a lean on to who i'm i'm talking about we know how really really good the kansas city defense is and the baltimore defense still pretty damn tough defense to go up against and then the pittsburgh defense finally deshaun watson does not have to face an elite defense
1: yeah man this is uh this is by by the dip if you will uh his prices is, is down a few hundred on both sides from the beginning of the season, where. When we started the season, those players in that like seventy five hundred range on FanDuel or like six to seven thousand range on DraftKings, we've seen their salary spike. Now those guys, um, like the Dax, like the Josh Allen's. Now they're up at the eighty five hundred range on FanDuel, up in like the 7,300 $7, range on DraftKings. Deshaun Watson, his prices went down, but he's he still has the floor and the upside of these other guys. We just haven't seen it yet. That's why the salary's low. So We're buying the the low salary, and I wanted to mention him specifically because compared to all those other guys, he he is way cheaper. I mean, we have Josh Allen kind of bunched up with four or five other quarterbacks that you could say are interchangeable, but Deshaun Watson's the one that gives us um, the salary savings. And I guess before we get into uh, Deshaun Watson a little bit more, we should mention that this game against the Vikings, um, there is some risk of it not going off because – uh, the Vikings had the, the game against the Titans who had the, the COVID scare um, or the COVID breakout, I should say. But uh, as of now, as of Wednesday night, it sounds like Houston, Minnesota's on. There's no line on the sports books, but that's just a precaution that the sports books are going to take. With that out of the way, Minnesota, they've allowed 300 passing yards in two of their three games. They've allowed at least 28 points to uh, opposing offenses every single week. They have a very low adjusted sack rate, which is very important. They can't get pressure or haven't been able to get pressure on quarterbacks, and that's been Deshaun Watson's Achilles heel, not even – this year, but just every year that he's always been behind a bad offensive line, and then he started the first three weeks against teams that can get after the quarterback. So he's going to get a breather from that. Hopefully, this week of Minnesota's front seven hasn't been able uh, to get after the quarterback, and then this game has shootout potential too. As as bad as Minnesota's defense has been, uh, Houston also bottom four in total points allowed to uh,
0: their opponents. Hmm, we like the shootout yeah and then listen the vikings had no positive tests on wednesday by the time this drops we'll know some more i could see it if they moved it no 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 we're gonna have two monday night football games so forget it <laughs> yeah uh, this is, is gonna it, be amazing we should do this every week two Monday that, night football uh, games.
1: is that confirmed with the titans right now uh
0: they, or is that the, that's the the nfl plan. has told the television networks to do that gotcha, gotcha. so that's where we are let me see and i will we'll get a hundred percent confirmation for you Well, uh, while you're looking at that, I should note that as of this recording,
1: FanDuel and DraftKings haven't taken Pittsburgh and Tennessee off of their main slate. They've put notes next to them that says postpone, so treating them like injuries. So I don't know why anybody would, but don't accidentally put Pittsburgh or Tennessee in any of your main slate lineups, even if their game is going off on Mm -hmm. Monday night um so i mean that just it's obviously every a lot of unprecedented things are going to happen this year maybe tomorrow we wake up and, and they're not on by the time you hear this they're not even on the main slate so this might be a moot point but uh just just a note that i noticed today they just added a little postpone note next to the the players mm-hmm.
0: and right now it says they're monday or tuesday gotcha so t- i want two monday night football games it'll be fun it always is i mean Forget about the reason for a second. It is fun having two Monday night football games yeah. running back. <clears throat> so Alvin Kamara 8800 800 FanDuel, 8,000 DraftKings. He's going up against Detroit, which gives up a trillion. I think the 30th in yards allowed on the ground. Yep. But you, you know this. I'll let you. T- he is a wide receiver. He is for sure. What is he? Second in catches and fifth in yards. So, He has been insane this season. Um, Yeah. yeah. He has second in receptions in the NFL and fifth in yards.
1: I think he saw 40% target share last week with with CMC and Saquon out with Zeke um, not I mean Zeke's still getting the workload we expect, but just not uh had a little he's had a little bit of negative touchdown variance and his his yardage totals haven't been way up there. Uh and then Dalvin, we saw Dalvin start getting the workload the last couple of weeks, but we've seen Madison get worked in. Uh Kamara's the pretty clear running back one by a wide margin right now. The Saints are four point favorites. They have one of those high implied totals we talked about, not above thirty, but twenty nine point two five. Uh, Just about as as high as you're going to find anywhere. I think the difference between them and and the top projection team is is one point. So still uh, in an offense, it's going to be uh, hopefully scoring a lot of points. Like you mentioned, Detroit struggling against the run. You you talked about how many yards they've allowed on the ground. When we adjust for strength of schedule, uh, 25th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, running backs. And and it's it's a bonus because not only do they struggle against running backs, but they're a run funnel. They're 8th versus quarterback, 25th versus uh, running backs. And that schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed that I mentioned. That's 4 for 4 signature metric. We just updated it for the first time this year. So after three weeks of data is when we put in new numbers, and that number only gets stronger as the season progresses. So uh, we haven't really touched on it. Uh, this year on this podcast because it is using old data or a little bit of guesswork. Now uh, it's a very reliable data point. So you'll hear us referencing that a bunch more here on the pod. Uh, like you said, Camara's Camara's workload, 30% target share on the season, 19.3 touches per game. Isn't the ceiling compared to some other backs, but when you're getting such a big percentage of it through the air, uh, it's going to be as efficient, if not more efficient than any other back in the
0: league. I think he's underpriced at 8,800 on FanDuel and 8K on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, he's he's basically like CMC or, or Saquon,
1: or, and those guys were between 9,500 and 10K last year. So for sure, I agree with
0: that. That's what I thought. I was like, I could see Kamara being like a $9,800 player. Yeah. And and then on DraftKings, he'd be a $9,500 player. I mean, yep. he's putting up almost CMC. He's getting almost CMC volume with CMC numbers.
1: Yeah, I think DraftKings scoring, he's ahead of every quarterback except for Josh Allen and and uh and Russell Wilson, so third overall in scoring, which yeah. is insane for a running back.
0: Yeah. It's just I mean, it's nice on FanDuel, but on DraftKings it just takes you to the next level with Absolutely. all the work he's getting in a passing game. Absolutely. The other guy here, I did not have any Mike Davis last week. Did you have any Mike Davis last week? I did not have any Mike Davis. I had um Singletary and not mm. Davis. I, and, and Singletary had a nice game. I mean, he, yeah. he he was very good in cash. But, man, Mike Davis, 6,300 FanDuel, 5,700 on DraftKings, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. So, Mike Davis, you think he's in for big workload again? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned Singletary because um,
1: Zach Moss – uh, practiced mm-hmm. on Wednesday, so if you're building Thursday to Monday lineups, be careful. Don't uh, don't jam in Singletary there just yet. I would wait um, until full slate until main slate lineups. But Mike Davis, uh, you mentioned he's kind of one of the few guys this week that opens up salary. We don't have uh, a ton of options, but we have enough to to be pretty creative with lineups on both sites. Uh, I mean, Mike Davis saw. A CMC workload last week it was um, I mean maybe in in terms of of what CMC does Mike Davis isn't going to match the talent but he did not skip a beat in terms of the uh, the bell workload that he got 48.8 percent of team touches 91 percent of running back touches last week without CMC in there uh, if we look at season numbers those would rank second in terms of team touches and first in terms of running back touches uh, of running backs through all three weeks so elite workload and similar to Alvin Kamara uh, that eight plus targets per game in consecutive games uh, eight targets in week two with CMC playing some of that game and then last week as, as the clear starter nine targets so we love that we're seeing that kind of workload uh, out of Mike Davis and, and one of the reasons like you said that I was not on Davis is just because there are other options. They have DJ Moore, they have Curtis Samuel, who can play running back-ish type snaps. Uh, so, I mean, it wasn't a sure thing last week that Mike Davis was going to do this. But now that we've seen, I think that's a pretty reliable data, data point when when they put that much workload into their running back. Uh, you can be pretty confident in starting him and we're getting a huge discount still uh, on his workload. They are underdogs, but the the spread isn't so big that we have to be too concerned about uh, him only relying on his his passing upside. The spread's just three and a half in favor of Arizona. Arizona is uh, they're not a prohibitive defense. They kind of rank middle of the pack versus running backs, and this has shootout potential. Fifty two points there. So if uh, if it is close and it is high scoring, that means our running back is going to have at the very least some red zone opportunities and. Um,
0: that's always a good thing, obviously. I think that total is going to go up as the week goes, too. So it'll keep going up. And then I couldn't believe this. I had to check two sites. The Cardinals are allowing 11 receptions per game to running backs. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's just, uh, just uh, double yeah. down on Mike Davis on DraftKings. So I think, uh, I mean, 5-7. It's just another. Yeah. Uh, to me, there's no early week build. I had last week's, at least I had three or four guys that ended up on my roster. Actually four guys that ended up on my roster when I, on Sunday this week, I'm thinking maybe Kamara and maybe Hopkins would be the two guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, there we we have news that we need to wait on uh, probably the biggest, news that's going to shift ownership is if Zach Moss plays or not um if Zach Moss plays then him and Singletary will not be popular if he's out again then Singletary's ownership is really going to cut into Mike Davis's ownership so uh that's that's going to be really interesting dynamic usually people are just looking at that um if player a plays or doesn't play does he affect his teammate this is going to determine whether mike davis is super chalk or if he's just kind of popular
0: okay this will be the big one nook hopkins here we go this guy is the number one fantasy dfs maybe even real life wide receiver leads the league in yards most targets eight five on dk eight seven on fanduel Kyler Murray will probably be in play again, but um, yep. How much definitely. do you like DeAndre Hopkins? And uh, by the way, I know he didn't practice. I'm not worried about it. He was at right. he was at a function and everything yep. like that. If on Friday we're talking about this, then there's an issue.
1: Yeah this this is uh, recorded Wednesday night. The Wednesday did not practice. They pretty much said. Um, Pretty much nothing to worry about. Um, wasn't on on the injury report coming out of the the, the game on Sunday, so uh, Nuke should be fine. Thirty-six percent target share through the roof. Twelve point three targets per game. The only receiver that can match his targets per game is Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I think the natural. Uh, logic from from that would be well, Keenan Allen's way cheaper. Why would you just not play him instead if he has the same volume? We got to be careful a little bit. Keenan Allen Keenan Allen's numbers are boosted by 19 target game last week, so obviously that's not going to be repeatable. Um, if he goes back down to I don't know eight targets or nine targets, that's um, significantly less than 12 or 13. So that's why I think Nuke is the clear play and just in a better spot um, than than Keenan Allen with I mean. He's looked good with Herbert, but I think the offense of Arizona is just going to have more upside uh, than the offense of the Chargers, which is why we have DeAndre Hopkins ranked as the top value on both sides. We have multiple cheap running back values uh, that allow for a high-end receiver in cash. Um, I I think it's a little more viable on Fandle where pricing is uh, a little more wide open and and you're not going to have to sacrifice a top-end running back if you want one. Um, on DraftKings, you are going to have to go with a Mike Davis and then maybe a, like a, a James Robinson who's fine or, or um, if, Devin, if Zach Moss is out of Devin Singletary, but possibly giving up the the floor upside of Kamara if you decide to go with the DeAndre Hopkins. You can make it work, but um, uh, I, I think on DraftKings, even though it's full PPR, you're, the tight salary makes it tough to eat the super high salary. On a cash game high-end wide receiver, but it's viable, and no other receiver is matching his his floor.
0: You're getting that bonus with him too—that hundred-yard bonus for sure, for sure. So throw that in there. So um, I mean, and again, the matchup. But I, I think even if it's a blow, if it is a blowout, and you're thinking maybe it's a little bit closer, I think even if it's a blowout, he's still going to get his.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is why this week is so interesting because we look. At what we've talked about the first couple weeks, it's like, pff, try to find guys to play against Carolina. And now all of a sudden we have this week where half the league, it seems like, is in a position to score 35 points. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's a really unique situation, but I, I still say, at least in cash games, uh, take the volume, go after, chase the volume. I think you'll be okay.
0: You'll be okay with the volume. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the Seahawks. Yep. and it's their two wide receivers i do wonder how popular russ just pairing them with dk and locket for the the next how many weeks is going to be there there's yep. always going to be exposed these two guys are so good their quarterback is so amazing and it's so fun to to try and guess which one's gonna have the big week last week right. were what we're on Lockett, right because of the, he was in the slot he had the nice matchup this mm-hmm. week all right i'm going to be the dk metcalf guy this week that's yeah especially on on Fanduel. but boy this is a fun one here and they've got a nice matchup and you got the deep guide and then you got the the slot guy that catches everything yeah but i mean shoot lockett could
1: could still get down the field I think you're right first, first you're his right. first touchdown was was 46 yards and russ can just drop it in there i think i mean the reason i i want to bring up uh the Seahawks wide receivers as a, as a duo is just because if you do go with the Josh Allen or, or Deshaun in cash, I want to get exposure to, to the Seahawks offense. And uh, again, another, another offense and, in a blow up spot against the dolphins, huge favorites, huge team total uh, Rust the most efficient passer in the league right now. Uh, you, you talked about last week, it's, or any week people flipping a coin, DK or or locket, and and that was one reason I I thought the Russ DK locket double stack. Might be a little unpopular. It turned out it was, it was it was quite popular, and the differentiator in that game last week uh, ended up being which Dallas receiver you had. You you want you needed to be on Gallup to make everything work, but uh, but still the the reason I want to mention them together is because they are the most concentrated passing attack in football. We saw Russ throw. Touchdowns to four different receivers on national TV in week two, and and I think that's why we heard a couple people maybe sounding a little trepidatious about uh, figuring out which one of these receivers is is the one to target. But if you look at the numbers, I mean, they're the only wide receiver duo that have combined for over eighty percent of their team's air yards. They're one of four duos that have combined for over fifty percent of their targets, and uh, I I am not one to hedge per se uh in my cash games on on any side i I typically just roll out one lineup and hedge through my opponents or hedge by playing um uh different slates and i'm even hesitant to use the word hedge because the the hedging naturally takes care of itself through opponents and by playing different slates but this this week does present an opportunity for a hedge if you end up with similar builds and and are torn between the two wide receivers because We have kind of unique pricing between them, uh, between FanDuel and DraftKings. So on on, uh, FanDuel, DK Metcalf is $600 cheaper, but on DraftKings, DK is only $200 cheaper. So uh, they're both top two values on FanDuel. Tyler Lockett's a much better value on on DraftKings. So if you're playing cash on both sites, I would say play DK on FanDuel, play Lockett on DraftKings. And luckily, the scoring on those two sites the scoring on FanDuel actually favors DK. The scoring on DraftKings favors Lockett. So it works out perfectly.
0: Number two in air yards, DK Metcalf, 372. Number one in average depth of target, DK Metcalf.
1: Stop and, Deshaun-ing ja- Deshaun jackson in your touchdowns. And
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, DK. He's just so great that I don't even. I'll, I'll I didn't. I one. didn't
1: care either, and I. I. I chose him over Lockett and Cash, and I still wasn't you mad. Know. And he. And. And uh, he felt my my not being mad at him,
0: and paid me back with a late touchdown. Yeah, I had Lockett and Cash, but man, hey, it was. It uh, <laughs> it's always a fun decision. It's really fun when they both pay off. Yeah. which is like every week so far. Uh, last guy, I was big on Hunter Renfro coming into the season. I was a little bummed after two weeks, uh, and seems like uh, how about this? You got him on the list: fifty three hundred FanDuel, forty six hundred DraftKings, taking on Buffalo in a game where if they trail, or gonna be throwing the ball a lot.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, I, I mentioned with with Josh Allen that this game has uh, definitely a shootout potential. With one of the high, higher higher over unders of the week, it ha- also has one of the the closer spreads. We don't typically care about that too much with our receivers, uh, just because they're going to thrive in in any game script if they're good and. Wide receiver isn't typically a position, uh, like running back where if a player gets injured, that it's just like the next guy, um, absorbs the target share, just gets the, the big workload, but the, the Raiders, um, are unique in that, uh, Derek Carr isn't really going to push the ball downfield. If he has a guy that he could throw more, uh, high volume, um, high efficiency passes to he's going to do it and with rugs out last week we saw him do that 28 percent of targets went to hunter renfro without henry rugs out uh without henry rugs in the lineup last week and it sounds like rugs is out again at least for this week uh one one thing that's really nice to target uh buffalo with your slot man buffalo bottom 10 in yards per attempt allowed to wide receivers lined up in the slot and I mentioned on Twitter today, I think you gave me some grief about, about it, Uh, a a naked quarterback with opposing wide receiver and opposing tight end. I didn't give the answer on, on Twitter, but uh, if you guys keep a secret on the podcast, I'll tell you the one I like is Josh Allen with Renfro and Darren Waller because Buffalo uh, is, does struggle against pass catchers over the middle and, and uh, with Zach Moss maybe coming back and, and John Brown. uh maybe not playing i think josh allen is actually a really good candidate to roll out without a stack in um or at least without one of his pass catchers this week against the raiders because of how much he's going to run so a little bonus for you guys that for the listeners sneaky stack stack of the week
0: why don't they ever throw wall the ball in the end zone <laughs> i don't know man he's got it two was... targets inside the ten. this <laughs> it's, drives me insane it's why. crazy i
1: they and I don't know if it's a function of Derek Carr, if it's a function of play calling, or if there is something nuanced about how Darren Waller works in smaller, shorter spaces, because this isn't just this year. Last year he was like the only I don't I don't remember. I wrote the stat in one of my regression articles, but A lot of people were saying Darren Waller was a a positive regression candidate because of how many targets he had and how few touchdowns he scored. But if we looked at where he was getting his targets, he actually scored last year pretty much on pace with his expectation. So even though his target volume was insanely high, he barely saw any red zone targets, I think. I think it was I cut it off at, at 40 targets for every tight end. that there was like 29 or 30 tight ends that saw 40 targets last year. He was the only one that saw uh, that were less than 10% of his targets came in the red zone. So I don't know why, but the Raiders like just don't look to him near the end zone. So I'm, I'm hoping that it, it, because Buffalo struggled against these interior guys that uh, him and Renfro in a shootout, we can see what we saw against the Saints a couple weeks ago.
0: TJ at tight end, let's get to your two plays and then I'm going to bring a guy up. And all right. It, it might floor you. Okay. Just like okay. you did with your quarterback, run it back with a, you know, naked quarterback and a wide receiver and a tight end. Is
1: that flooring people? My, my I mean, we're all stacks. floored right now. I we're, hope so. we're
0: very floored. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. It's an interesting week at tight end because you got the big guys that are up there, and then a couple of middling guys. It's like the, the Mo Alley Cox. Did he win the job in Indy? Is it Dalton mm. Schultz? It's just it's garbage at the bottom. Yep. I think there's a couple guys we can find though. All right, Kelsey. Why Kelsey? Seventy six hundred Fandles, sixty eight hundred DraftKings. Why Kelsey in cash? So I am actually
1: interested in bringing up kelsey just because i wanted to more talk about a kelsey versus tyreek uh decision um because we have kelsey projected as the top tight end value on both sides 7600 fandles 6800 on DraftKings uh new england's first in schedule adjusted points allowed to tight ends through three weeks but they're bottom 10 in schedule adjusted points allowed to wide receivers so that would suggest tyreek tyreek's average 26.3 Points per game versus New England. Kelsey, 15.5. That's usually not important. We usually don't have, like player versus team stats. It's such a a low sample size number that you could really get in trouble looking at that. But one thing we know about Bill Belichick is that uh, he tends to scheme to take away an opponent's number one pass catcher. We saw him do it very well last week against Darren Waller. And you want to look for some hints onto who that's going to be when he faces a team like the chiefs. And typically it's, he's been schemed to take away Kelsey, um, instead of Tyreek, but we saw Kelsey outscore Tyreek the last time that these two teams played, um, And the reason I think you probably give the nod to Kelsey if you're trying to decide what Chief to play is because you have more high-end wide receivers than you do high-end tight ends. So if you play Kelsey, it's going to be very difficult to find a tight end this week that's going to put up the production that he's going to. Whereas if you miss out on Tyreek, we have a ton of wide receivers with crazy upside this week that are either priced the same as him or priced lower than him. And the difference in this game versus past matchups uh, against the patriots kansas city's favored by a touchdown we never see almost never see new england play from behind or we haven't in the bill belichick era they're never underdogs and one thing that uh we can get from positive game script is tight end do benefit from positive game script it's a very underrated aspect of trying to decide on tight ends so if this game goes as vegas or or the sports books are predicting seven point favorite and K C gets a bit that actually favors kelsey more than it favors tyreek and, and again we just haven't seen this situation with new england before so that's why i think we throw those past belichick taking kelsey away um, out the window a little bit and then kelsey one of three tight ends with a target share over
0: 23 percent so again chase that volume tj Hawkinson with the lions 5400 Fanduel 4800 dk if you were worried about him not getting as much work with galladay back you should think the opposite yeah i
1: i think there's a perception because hawkinson was a very hot um late round tight end he was kind of going as a fringe tight end one in in redraft that people were targeting as a breakout he scored in week one and got us excited and then has kind of just had average games the last couple weeks but he's actually been one of the more consistent tight ends in the league. He's exceeded 50 yards in all three games this year that's a pretty high total for a tight end put him top six in total yards for tight ends I believe um he had a seat like you mentioned he had a season high in targets with Galladay back last week seven targets you would think the opposite you would think Galladay is going to hog the targets and Galladay did come back and see 22% of the targets see 35% of the air yards but I mean you could make the argument that Hawkinson was clearly the best weapon in their offense without Galladay there, if you believe in in Hawkinson that much like I do. Um, and with Galladay back, it just puts more pressure on secondaries, on safeties to not zero in on Hawkinson. Uh, and then the matchup. This is going to be the easiest matchup that Hawkinson will see all year. New Orleans, last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position for, through the first three weeks. Most catches allowed, most yards allowed, most touchdowns allowed to tight ends. Uh, again another high scoring game. We mentioned that with Camara super high over under the Saints are favored by four But that's not such a high point spread that you think Detroit is is not going to hang in there uh, I, I like this game as a shootout. I like Hawkinson to benefit fit from the shootout also like Galladay here, too um, But but Hawkinson as a cheap tight end as a salary saving tight end uh, Really stands out top two value on both FanDuel and DraftKings according to four
0: for four. Who do you got for me? Name this tight end he leads all receivers, no matter position, with five targets inside the 10-yard line. He has three touchdowns. And his quarterback gave him 10 targets last week, including seven of which were catches, including a touchdown. Which cheap wide receiver that makes you want to puke is he?
1: Why don't Tight I end, I know, should say. Why don't I know who has that many touchdowns? Um... Does Jimmy Graham have...
0: There you face? go, big boy. I knew you could do it. This is a hell wow. of a pull by you. Now, do we want to go get tricked by Jimmy Graham again? Again, um, there's these, all he did was pepper him. He peppered him. Foles gave him seven of those ten <sighs> targets, man.
1: <laughs> it feels... I haven't dug into this game. It feels like chasing points. Um... India's been good against tight ends so far. Top five in in schedule just at points allowed. Um, I I think that game is... The the reason that Foles did what he did last week is because Atlanta was so exploitable. My guess is that against the Colts, it's just a very low-scoring game. Um, That the Colts slow it down way more than they did against the Falcons. So... I'm going to say no on Graham, even though I do like the target pool. Seven out of the ten targets from uh, Foles, I think, is really interesting.
0: My favorite cash play this week is Gazziki. I'm just throwing it oh, out there.
1: Oh, that—that's you could stack the Miami side of that game. Yes, and and win a lot of money
0: with magic, <laughs> <laughs> I keep well. I keep having this debate with the guys in the industry, like where. Where do you stand on him this week? How much exposure do you, what do you think his ownership is going to be? That's the big question. Well, so here's the thing. This,
1: we have, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we have so many teams in blow up spots this week that all of these quarterbacks that would be like 17 or 18% owned are all going to eat into each other's ownership. Mm -hmm. So you can only have so much ownership. So I think we're probably going to have like five or six guys at like, 10 to 15 percent ownership a couple more guys at seven and a half percent and then guys like ryan fitzpatrick who in a normal week people would be able to bring it back with them um i think just by default by how many guys are in good spots he's not going to mathematically not going to be able to be above like three percent ownership uh so i think if you if you do end up making a build where you're like i just can't get away from the player pool i think is kind of small this week i think the plays some of the plays hit you in the face enough where every time you build a lineup you're gonna look at it and think man this average ownership is like feels like it's like 15 to 20 percent i say you just throw in a couple fits magic uh either Parker or gasecki lineups in there um i think that's a really really good contrarian spot this week
0: what about just going onslaught the whole game
1: yeah for sure if you go i think you can go uh fitzpatrick I wouldn't say double stack Miami, but pick one of his pass catchers and then roll out two wide receivers from Seattle for for uh, even a fifth player from that game. Um, yeah, for sure. That, that game, Seattle really struggled um, against the pass this year. I like really heavily stacking that
0: game. And Fitzpatrick just loves looking for Gusecki down by the yep. goal line. He loves him. So here we go. What's he got, the third? He's got the third most red zone targets in the NFL, I Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. All right, it's time for – well, it's time for a couple things, isn't it, TJ? Um, First of all, it's defense, and then I'm going to tell you about something really cool with underdog fantasy. But the Rams, 4,800, 3,900, and then the Ravens, 5K on Fanduel, 4K on DraftKings.
1: I just wanted to group them together because they stand out as the big favorites of – this week both favored by 13 points um, both kind of similar situations in terms of scoring upside washington and new york both uh, near the bottom of the league and schedule adjusted points allowed to opposing defenses both near the bottom of the league and adjusted sack rate allowed both pretty high uh neutral pass pass rates washington ranks way worse in adjusted sack rate allowed new york Way higher in uh, passing and, and neutral rates, so we like teams that pass a lot because it creates more opportunity for fantasy points. But Rams and Ravens, basically one A one B in terms of uh, um, situation this week.
0: All right, you got another one for us. The you're all over Houston this week. I am all over Houston. Thirty seven hundred FanDuel, twenty five hundred DraftKings. Uh,
1: they're actually our top rated value on DraftKings. We do like the the true pump play on DraftKings uh, it's uh, with with DraftKings aggressively aggressively raising their floor of the other positions this this year it's a it's a nice way to save salary um, Houston top ten in adjusted sack rate we talk about their offensive line being uh, bad where well, their defensive line is very good Minnesota also has a bad offensive line bottom ten in adjusted sack rate allowed. One thing, even though we don't have a line on this game right now because they don't know for sure 100% if it's they're gonna play, Minnesota had to stop things in the middle of their week. And if there's one thing we know about NFL coaches, NFL players, NFL teams, routine, routine, routine. If that routine gets broken up, all hell breaks loose. It sounds like like if they go on time, Minnesota had to miss a full day of their normal schedule, even though uh and then and plus on a travel week i mean they could come out flat and disarray just kind of all over the place i think there's a chance i don't even know what the line is we can't even see it i think texans can win this one by double digits
0: okay let's uh, get to our game theory here just one moment but if you like fantasy football which i know you do you got to be playing underdog fantasy it's my new favorite fantasy football app the website and the app are super slick they're the best experience out there You can do snake drafts for real money every single week. So it's kind of fun. Very fun, as a matter of fact. You draft a new team every week. You get shot at these big prizes, and there's no lineup setting or waiver wires or bad trades with the deal. I mean, you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. The team that built the app is top-notch, and the customer support is the best in the game. They're constantly updating and adding new features. Look up Underdog Fantasy on your app store or go to underdogfantasy.com to play today. And make your first deposit today, use our code 444, the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4. Four, for four. After you do it, let them know that we sent you. Game theory today, tight salaries that we've seen versus loose salaries that we've seen. Some early season trends. So, TJ, what trends have you been noticing so far with the tight and loose salaries this year? Uh,
1: pretty obvious if you play both FanDuel and DraftKings, basically FanDuel has wide open pricing. I I briefly mentioned talking about Houston's defense, DraftKings, not only do they have tight pricing, but they aggressively raise the floor of, uh, the quarterback floor, uh, price is higher. The running back floor price is higher. Salaries just closer together. So uh, with that, uh, we've had to really play with different approaches on the two sites. And I've actually, I actually didn't catch it the first two weeks and, and um, kind of made errors in, in my lineup building, especially in FanDuel GPPs and, and adjusted last week because of it. And luckily um, was successful with it. Obviously not, not the only reason you need luck to be good in, in GPPs, but what we've seen, because this is, I'm going to talk about um, tournaments specifically right now, but we'll get into cash games on DraftKings like we've talked about leading up to the season like we talked about early in the season early season is usually when you want to be most contrarian in GPPs and that's held on DraftKings the the winners of the millionaire on DraftKings have averaged about 10% ownership uh we haven't seen higher than 10.2% ownership from a DK winner um in the millionaire and on FanDuel that hasn't been the case the average winner has been 15.6% average ownership across all um, positions. Last week, we saw the winner with a 19.6% average ownership. So basically super chalky. And that runs contrary to what we've been preaching leading up to the season, what we preached the two, first couple weeks of the season. Um, and that is directly because of how tight the salaries are in DraftKings and how loose the salaries are on
0: FanDuel. So... The next question for you would be why you have those differences in ownership and so why would they be a function of salaries yeah. even?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's simple if you if you really think about it. If on Fandle where you have looser salaries, you have access to more studs. You can just load up your lineup with the best players. On DraftKings, you can't do that. So on DraftKings, you're basically have the the popular players are a mix of scrubs and stars, you have your top end players, a good situation, they're going to have the highest ownership. And then a couple guys that are cheap, that either performed well last week or in good situations because of injury or, or something like that are, are going to be popular. Um, but you're not going to be able to load up on On Studs across the board. So the only way to be unique is a lot of times you have to pivot off of those Players that aren't necessarily good players, but good plays. So cheap cheap guys are going to be popular plays Guys that aren't super high volume or super reliable are going to be popular plays when there's tight salaries like there is on DraftKings So to be contrarian you have to be contrarian off of guys that already aren't very good plays in a vacuum on FanDuel you basically have access to the whole player pool. There's some restrictions, but it's pretty damn loose. Like the winner last week in the Sunday million, they had the, the DK and Lockett stack with um, Russell Wilson, and they were still able to afford Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and the the quote-unquote differentiator was Austin Eckler. Like, you can't make that lineup on DraftKings. It's impossible. So, the I mean, they, they did have the 0.9% Jimmy Graham, but they didn't need five contrarian guys like you done on DraftKings. They needed one. Austin Eckler was contrarian because he was an under 20% running back um you, it's just not it's just not the same thing on draftkings so i did make a mistake the first couple of weeks and just thinking it's early in the season just be contrarian cuz the information's bad but if you can have a bunch of studs if the difference of being contrarian is do i want whoever alvin kamara at 30% or can I get Austin Eckler at 15 or 16 percent ownership? That option is available to you on DraftKings. It just isn't available to you as much. If you want Derrick Henry, you don't have the option to roster um, like an Austin Eckler in that loaded stack that we talked about. Uh, so access to more studs means that in general that the winning lineups are going to have higher ownership. Obviously, there's going to be weeks where the chalk completely busts, but um pricing is just it it just lets you have more
0: players that are popular well so you got all this information then so what adjustments am i trying to make here
1: yeah i I think the most obvious adjustment when we're looking at um sites or games that have tight salaries or weeks that have tight salaries right now we're comparing we're comparing sites um so I would be careful in like just making this a blanket statement and saying do this on FanDuel, do this on DraftKings, because there are weeks where it will flip. It are there are weeks where salaries will just be wide open on DraftKings for whatever reason. But the most obvious adjustment is in game selection. If we have tight salaries, we want to play more cash games, and we can play a higher end of range of our money in play. So if you're someone that if you don't have a static bankroll approach, and this is this is a little nuanced. Now if you're if you're new. To DFS I would suggest you go whatever your your rule is if you play only 10% of your money every week I would say stick to that But if you have some experience and sometimes you play 10% sometimes you play 15% the higher uh, the, The tighter the salaries the closer you can play to that 15% Assuming you're doing it because you're playing a higher percentage of cash games and when the salaries are tight I want to play a higher percentage of cash games because I'm going to be able to exploit my edge in terms of finding value um, higher. I'm, my I'm, my edge is going to be higher in that respect when salaries are tight. Just think about it from uh, uh, what you're doing during the week perspective. If you if you and I can't figure out how the hell to build the lineup mm-hmm. because salaries are tight, imagine what the average player is going through and what they're going to be throwing out there they're going to be throwing out garbage lineups. They don't know how to find value properly. Um, a lineup generator is not going to do it when salaries are super tight because a lot of times they're just going to keep giving you that one obvious value where you and I, if we're confident in how we find value, we're going to have a huge edge there. Uh, and then even though we are playing like a smaller percentage of, of GPPs, like we can just take higher shots because we can – We can favor games that favor contrarian thinking. So again, if you are somebody that typically plays like a a $25 um, buy-in game, but you've been thinking about taking shots at a $50 buy-in game, a week where salaries are super tight, that's the week to take your shot because that's the week you have a chance to exploit your edge. Uh, When salaries are looser, I want less money in play and I'm going to be playing a higher gpp mix because when salaries are looser like i said you're gonna have more access to studs what does that mean you're gonna have more lineup overlap when you have more lineup overlap you have higher variance so in cash games the last thing we want if we're playing one or two 50s or if we're playing 100 head-to-heads the last thing you want to do is open up the lineups to see who you're playing against and see a bunch of 2v2s or 3v3s you just because now you're have six players and that are exactly the same as your opponent and it comes down to do those two or three players outplay each other and that's just a high variance game. So when that situation comes up which is often the case on FanDuel because you can just roster the three or four best studs of the week, uh you're going to have some really uh high variance results. So I'm going to want to play more GPPs less cash when lineups are looser, but that also means less of my total money in play. So instead of 15% of my bankroll, I might only play 10% of my bankroll on that side.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is good stuff here. So besides for the game selection, mm-hmm. how can different salary structures change the way I'm building the lineups here and yeah. our listeners, of course.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is, I mean, this is probably where I wish people would take the bankroll advice, but they often don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I will use both, but this is where it's it's really gonna make a difference and like you where you see your results a little more directly uh, with tight salaries your your player pool is just going to shrink. there's just less players available to you you can't roster every stud and that means you're going to plant your flag in, in certain values that you like um so it just kind of lets you, let your opponents make the bad mistakes. If you're on DraftKings and you see a week where you there's like these three obvious value plays, play those obvious value plays. Let your opponents make the sta- mistakes. When salaries are super super loose, it's kind of harder for your opponents to make mistakes because they can play the four or five best studs of the week. Um, and then with our smaller player pool with tighter salaries, we don't have to force lineup diversification because there's going to be less overlap if our lineups aren't going to look the same as a bunch of other lineups then what's the point of diversifying your lineups are going to be naturally diversified against your opponents whereas the flip side to that is if you're on a site like FanDuel or just if there's a week where uh, salaries are looser you might want to consider hedging and that's because we're gonna have a ton of lineup overlap i know i said i like to play one lineup but say you play exclusively on fanduel and it just seems like one of those weeks where everyone's kind of on the same thing and you're choosing between dk uh metcalf and tyler lockett it just might be a week where you just make two lineups one with one one with the other because why flip a coin when you're already playing a game that's close, close to a coin flip um another thing that we see in tight salaries is it really exploits and i kind of touched on this already it really exploits people that really understand how pump plays work uh this we've talked about this a ton on this podcast before the stars and scrubs approach not only can increase your floor increases your ceiling the the value if you can if the average roster or the most popular lineup build of the week is going to be two stud running backs and then a bunch of middling players if you can find a pump player that you trust and get a third stud, the floor and ceiling of your lineup just grows so much more than the people that just want a bunch of players whose names they feel comfortable with and don't want that super scary player with the absolutely uh, a floor of like absolutely zero. In The Millionaire last week, we saw a true stars and scrubs approach. We saw the big stack that we talked about, the DK, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup uh, stack. Two scrub running backs, Jeff Wilson and uh, Rex Burkhead, and then a scrub tight end, Austin Hooper. And Austin Hooper scored single-digit points. And you would think, in the millionaire, I need to be perfect at every single spot. I can't have one miss. I'm trying to beat hundreds of thousands of people. Stars and scrubs, Austin Hooper barely did anything. Lineup still won because they were able to get that extra stud in your lineup where a lot of people
0: weren't. Nice stuff. I like that. Wonderful game theory segment today. Yeah, man. I,
1: I, it's one of my favorites, just because I think it's one that um, it's one where it's one of the rare cases where you don't see a consensus across the industry a lot of times, and I, I think it's probably just some natural bias. Even like some of the best players will see loose salaries, see how many studs they can get in, and they just want to jack up their money and play because those lineups look sexier, right? They look it looks really good when you have five studs in your lineup, but if you can do it, a lot of other people can too.
0: All right, sign up right now, ladies and gentlemen, for giveaways, DFS MVP, 25% off. Um, Use the code DFS MVP plus rate and review. Don't forget to do it. It's very easy. All you got to do is just give five stars and tell us why you love us so much, especially TJ, like why you love TJ. What about his voice? What about his personality? What about his avatar makes you so happy and want to listen to
1: him? just talk about josh allen you don't have to talk about me
0: just say josh allen even better give us five <laughs> stars type josh allen we know you listen so do it right now and you will make us happy men all right you want to say bye-bye yeah if you guys uh like us that much and want to hear more of us follow us on
1: twitter you could find holden at holden radio myself at tj hernandez of course four 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 at four football we'll talk to you guys next week Your
0: mom Oh, noise Oh, mommy just jealous It's the peace